Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis present. Uh, this is really weird for me because I, so I've been listening to your show since it started. Awesome. And uh, I feel like Are we you rolling? don't, we're rolling. You don't okay, know great. this. <laughs> you don't know this, but we're like great buddies. Is that- <laughs> We, we like totally get along. We have a fucking fun time. I'm, I'm so that makes me feel so good. Yeah, you know it's it's like uh, the radio is like one way glass. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where like everybody's looking in at you, but you can't see out. It's like glass that got installed backwards. Yeah, totally. And so uh, you're out there in the community, and like I don't know, you have this. Uh, you're you know they say I mean I don't, I don't know that you're supposed to you know be. Tell people about your life to some extent. You know what I mean? They want people to know who you are and all that kind of thing. And uh, and some people find that to be a problem. I would find it to be a problem if it wasn't that way. Yeah, totally. You know? So I, I love – thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that little Just handed coffee. Just some coffee. Yeah, keep, keep me going on this thing. But, yeah, so I uh, – I am so th- grateful for that, yeah, uh, and and it makes me feel good to know that uh, that we're friends. We're totally yeah. friends, yeah. So this is a safe place for you. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, do you get that a lot? You have a very distinctive voice and a great radio voice. Do you, when interacting with people in public, do people sometimes say, "Oh, you're that guy"? Yeah, you know, I do from time to time. I don't think it's probably. I don't know. You know, if it's as frequent as people think, I don't know what people think about you know how that really goes. But I do have. Um, I've had a number of occasions where people have picked me out because I was talking, yeah. Uh, which I always find kind of odd, like weird. It's weird. it's great, but it's you know we're so visual, right? And we recognize yeah. people when we look at them, and and that's kind of like how that goes. And to think that you know we I think we understand scientifically that the voice is as distinct as the face or whatever, but. When that's that's your calling card at some level, you know, and you do it when you're on the radio, when you're podcasting or whatever yeah. it is. And so then you go out and I've been on like service calls with people to fix equipment <laughs> at the house. And they're like, wait, are you Ryan Tutel? And I was like, well, I am. Yes, indeed. And so and then we, you know, and then they're, which is nice because then they usually do a great job for you. So that's uh, that's also good. But that, that, so I do get picked out that way. And occasionally just from people, somebody will recognize, you know, too, because you do float out pictures and stuff like that. So, uh, you, you know, you get that put out. But it's not that often. Like, it's not as if, you know, it's funny. When I first started doing radio, I, I started Change, not changing, but I was very cautious of like how I was with my children when we went to dinner. Oh yeah, you know because you're sitting there going, <laughs> "Well, I don't, I don't want people going, hey, who's this d bag yeah. over here? <laughs> like who's on the radio and he's just screaming at his kids in public? You know, not that I would really scream at my children in general, but uh, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're like." Well, do people know who I am or not? And then you kind of, after a while, you kind of go, well, no, you know, for the most part, you, you, not that people wouldn't be familiar with it at some level, but they don't, they're not sitting there going, oh, that's, I have not attained the, the that level of status where people are uh, <laughs> gawking on the sidewalk. Speaking yes. of your children, I remember when your second child was born. Yes. I was, I knew, you know, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your help. It's a big day, man. It was big really fan. stressful. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> I totally remember. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about that? You, so, you've been in radio for a while. Yeah. Well, tell us your origin story. You want you want the whole story? Because well, I yeah, mean, kind of. We yeah, got like a day. We, we could do it. Yeah, we usually do the whole thing. <laughs> I, 
if you know, I mean, tell us where you're from. I'll ask you five questions to get you going. Okay. Where are you from? Missoula. Are you from Missoula? More, more or less. So I was born in Billings. Okay. I was born in Billings because it was the closest hospital to Lame Deer, Montana, yes. where my parents were living oh. out in uh, in Lame Deer. My father's a, f- a lifelong forester, and he worked for the BIA, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, for a long time in that capacity. Cool. And so we lived on the reservation in uh, in Lame Deer till I was like six weeks. So I, okay. I'm sorry to say that I don't have much of a recollection of that time. But then we moved <laughs> to uh, Polson. He worked in Pablo. But we were uh, we lived in Polson when I was a very young boy. Okay, um, like till I was five or six, and I do have memories of that time uh, there. And then we moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, of all places, and that's where I spent my elementary years was in Santa Fe. And then going into the sixth grade, we moved back, <clears throat> well, back to Montana, but to Missoula for the first time. Okay, and so my parents have been here ever since that time, since 1992, and so six middle and high school. I was in. I was here and went to went to Hellgate Middle School and then to Big Sky High School. Awesome. And uh, and then also spent a year working. I worked at Gensco, which is a like it is a, a commercial uh, uh, warehouse supplier. Okay. And it is it's over behind West Side Lanes, and nobody knows about it because you can't just walk in and get stuff. It's like for contractors yeah, who are yeah. building houses to get stuff. But I was in the warehouse, and they would come in with these orders that were, you know, some, you know, 48 line items. And then you got to walk around and supposedly know where all this stuff is and get it and load it up. Anyway, I did that for a year while I was trying to figure out what it was that I was wanting to yeah. do. And I guess to tie it into radio, that's probably the time that I had a certain epiphany, which I found out was not an, a unique one, which was that I was listening. I remember I had a GMC, an S15 GMC uh, pickup truck, which my parents had given me, I think, for either for my 18th birthday or for graduation of high school, one of the two. And it was their truck, you know, this used truck, and it had only AM radio. Yeah, <laughs> there's like there's yes. like a place for the cassette, but then it's like plastic. They're like, you didn't get that upgrade <laughs> for the tape, yes. you know. So so then I had to sit, so so, but I was it was great. Like if you're a kid, it just doesn't matter. Like you're just oh. so happy to have this thing. So I was driving around, and I would listen to sports talk radio almost exclusively. Yeah, and I've always loved sports, like just. Loved it. And so, and I, I remember listening to Arnie Spanier and Papa Joe Chevalier and these wow. guys who I would call into. I mean, this is in the, in the late 90s and 2000 where this was all happening. And I was like, well, this would be a good gig. Wait, like, if a guy's got to work, that's that's pretty good. Who were the, who, I'm not familiar not, with those guys. They're, they're, just, so these are like. So Papa Joe Chevalier is has, has died. <laughs> That's amazing. Like he's he's no longer with us, and I don't know. Like he was like he, this. So sports talk radio is not that old, right. right? It's really like I mean, people talk about Mike and the Mad Dog is kind of the nascency of it, and that's probably true. Yeah, but I mean, we're like I don't know, twenty five years into this thing or something totally. like that, and these guys were just like guys who were in like Vegas, and somebody just started a thing, <laughs> and. They managed to get on the radio, and so people don't, like, I don't think anybody hardly knows who Papa Joe Chevalier is. Right. do, like, Bite Me Wednesday, and you could call in and scream about whatever was making you <laughs> angry that day, which I did on a couple of uh, different occasions and so forth. Awesome. And so, anyway, and I was like, you know, this this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is what I want to do. And I was 18, probably 18, yeah, or 19 at that time, working at the warehouse. And so... 
but I definitely wanted to go to college. And so then I went to school at Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington. So I went there. I went there for a couple reasons. I, I, I kind of wanted to get out of town. Uh, I, I, not, I didn't want to get away from Missoula. I wanted to be on my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You got family, you got, you know, I had, I think I had one residual friend from high school. So I, you know, that was a hard break too, but the, uh, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of do my own thing. And I, I remember, I think I arrived on campus on a Saturday and school started on Monday and I had never even visited. Like I'd never been. So adventure. Yeah. So just go and do it. And it, it was, uh, I mean, it was four unbelievable years to to be there and one of the reasons that i went there originally was because i was like well a communication or print broadcast journalism so that's uh i i ended up with a double major in that and religion of all things and then uh spent that four years there from like 2000 what 2000 through 2004 yeah um and and it was great. It was unbelievable, but it was, you know, I think it did what it, sort of a liberal arts education is kind of designed to do in a lot of ways and kind of opened you up to the wider world. So then you had like extent. 10 jobs for a while. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> As best buddies, Jamie, you know how many jobs I've had. I mean, I can't even, I, I, this is true. I think I've had somewhere around like 35 different jobs that I've actually had to fill out like an I-9 for. Yeah. That's yeah. in addition to... Like working for your dad, you know, right. logging right. and whatever it is. So, so I have bounced around a lot because my. So when I got done with school, it wasn't that I didn't want to do this anymore? And I did. They had print and broadcast journalism, but they also had like student radio and student television. And so I did that like as extra, extracurricular a lot when I was in school, because this is kind of what I thought would be fun to do. Uh, and while I was in school, that never went away, but a bunch of other things crept in as areas of interest, one of which significantly was traveling. And I was fortunate enough, my, the, the summer after I graduated high school, I went to Australia with a basketball team and traveled around for like five or eight days in Australia as a journalist. No, as as a a player. player. Yeah. Nice. Believe me, it's even more shocking if you'd seen me play. <laughs> so, uh, the, yeah, so I went to I went to these ba- – basketball was my thing, like, back in the day. From you middle played school, basketball? Loved it. Okay. Loved it, played it, everything. And I, I, I played basketball my whole youth, and that was the only thing I cared about. I drank the – the Michael Jordan, you know, elixir yeah, yeah, was yeah. sucked into the and, – and truly, like, of all the sports on earth, I don't think there is a sport that I personally am less inclined to, you know, physically and talent-wise than basketball. Like, yeah. all of the things that I possess that are strengths don't translate, and all of the weaknesses translate perfectly. Well, and it's one of those things where even if you did have, like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan hand-eye coordination – you still just don't have the, yeah, the, the other stuff. The eight inch vert. Yeah. And <laughs> the like ninety seconds of really hard go capability, yeah. that it's just not it's not good. Me and you both. Yeah. All so so uh, so anyway so but anyway, I went to these basketball camps out of Spokane. They're they're all over the place, but started in Spokane for I mean, probably 10, 10 years straight. And my whole family, my whole family would play. They had family camps. So my parents were going. My mom's never played basketball in her life. She's out there trying to make a free throw. It was just great. So anyway, um, but they would send these traveling teams, and it wasn't about 
happily your like level of ability it was just about like if you wanted to go and you could raise the money to do it it was like a like a good life experience to do really and yeah. you played australian teams yeah so we played australian teams and then we went out to vanuatu which is like a little island nation uh that's like 1500 miles like due northwest of sydney now sydney's at the southern end of australia and so it's actually due west of the northern tip of australia if that makes sense but oh. sydney people know so it's out there in the middle of the pacific yeah. and it's very much like Ho- uh, australia's hawaii but it's a different country it's okay. its own you know there's like a dozen it's like, a country little island oh, nations there was an out episode there, yeah. or a season of survivor survivor went to vanuatu i was so did, excited yeah. my vanuatu <laughs> flag and i held it up there in the dorms yes jesus absolutely awesome. so this was like is this like ping pong diplomacy was that this what this is like like uh you know what I'm talking about? No. What do we what like? Do we mean? Uh, was it Nixon who sent ping pong players? Oh, to China? right, right. Uh, or is, yeah, is like Rodman going is? to North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that fucking documentary? <laughs> oh my god. You know, he's interestingly. <laughs> There's the only person who's less qualified to go is our acting president. So yeah, that's it's, it's true. Kind of that's weird. actually yeah, very send true. Rodman. One every time. Send Rodman. Oh, yeah. God. Send, send just Rodman. keep sending Dennis. It's yes. good. It'll like go it. better. Um, okay. So, okay. Sorry. Uh, that's a very interesting thing, though, that going, like, you guys weren't even probably very good. No. Well, and we had, like, there were some dudes that were definitely players, like some kids that went on and played college ball yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And so we... We ended up going as like th- it was like thirty kids, and so we were like three different teams. Okay, and so we had an there was like an A team, and they went and they played a couple of like junior national teams in Australia yeah. and stuff like that. And then there were the other teams, and we went and played what was effectively, I mean, like probably high school varsity teams and stuff right. like that. And it was you know it was it, <laughs> had but, snacks and stuff. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We we That's exchanged cool. flags and all of that, and I it was super it. fun. That's so, awesome. but that was like the thing that sort of got me into traveling. I was like, this is like it was. It was unbelievable. It was great. It was crazy. And then, so when I got done with school, I was like, you know, there's only one thing I want to do, and let's go see everything. And so I got a job with the Forest Service, following my father's footsteps for a little while. I was a seasoned, you know, forestry tech, and and uh, banked some money there. And how did this work? When I finished up with that, it was two thousand. So I went, yeah. So I finished working. It all kind of fades together because i don't remember when was what but i went to europe just by myself i think is what it was after i finished working that season and i just traveled around i had seen a picture on the front of a national geographic that was taken in prague and there's uh there's a famous castle in prague that's kind of up on the hill and you come down and prague is split by a river um as it turns out many towns are and but it's kind of hills on both sides coming up, but there's like towers and it's a big walking bridge and towers on either side. And there was a picture that was taken on the national geographic from the top of the tower of the bridge with the castle in the background. And I was like, I, I have to take that picture myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did, I went like to Prague and among other places like that, that was kind of, I'm also a quarter check. And so it was like a, a, a visiting of, uh, you know, like no, like you know, like you can trace back, like you can yeah, see, like, see family and like shit. my uh, great grandfather did not speak English, Czechoslovakian, obviously. Uh, you know, if you go back that far, right. not the Czech Republic, but but he was from the area that is now the Czech Republic, and then my grandfather spoke 
I mean, I guess it's Czech, honestly, or Slavic or something along yeah. those lines. So that he was fluent in that, even mm. though he was, and he maybe was a boy when they immigrated. So he maybe was on the boat coming cool. over. Um, so There's some roots to explore. Definitely. And, and so, and my mom, this is my mom's side of the family. She's never been. And so I was kind of, I got to go out and, and bring back a couple of little presents for her. But I went, you know, I went all over. I went to... I, I was sort of based in Switzerland because we had some friends there that I was able to stay with and, and kind of cruised around and did the train thing, you know, all, all, all over kind of central Europe there for a while. Then my dad and brother came over on my brother's spring break and met me up and we went skiing in Austria, which was oh, absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, cool. Yeah, it's super, super cool. And I was like, why would anybody have a job? Yeah, that's so stupid. Yeah, like what a bunch of suckers. Yeah, to go out and work for a living. Can't you know take what the I mean? Missoula out no. of the kid. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. That's probably my most Missoula feature. Oh, that's uh, right. nobody understands that more at this table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Maybe we could get a podcast that's and awesome. a cup of coffee yeah. and 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 make this thing work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna. So going back to when you're 18 and realizing yeah. like you, this radio thing really spoke to you. Mm. And then as life happens, all these other things kind of sure. distract you. Right, right. When, because to my knowledge, there was no local or even regional talk sports radio in Montana until TNT came along. That is correct. So you yeah, had to kind of, yeah. is, uh, well, is there, there? There have been like, so there's been like, for instance, the coaches show. Okay. Uh, so like so, a weekly, correct. A one hour, once a week, yeah. uh, coaches show. And even, you know, they've done, they do, uh, and they still do like a, a one hour proper sports talk show. It's not even, it's not merely a coach's interview, but actually two guys doing a sports talk yeah. show and they've done. And so that's been around for a little while. I don't know how long that goes back, right? but, so, but that's been there, but, but in a, you <coughs> know, in the way that we do it in the way that you're, I think alluding to, yeah. right. No, that it, it had daily, not been done. You guys are sort of right. Omnipresent almost. Right. Um, uh, so you were, you were, if you wanted to do this, you kind of had to create your own position. Is that correct? Yeah. So what happened was, so you, so from Europe to there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll skip a whole bunch of stuff. I got married. It's working out. So that's good. And then, um, it, it I went to grad school in Kalamazoo, Michigan, at Western Michigan University. You went to graduate wow. school. Yeah, yeah. I was there for two for two years over in uh, in in the other zoo. In what? In what? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> in what did you get a journalism? Uh, philosophy. So I studied. No shit. Yeah. So I did. I got a master's of philosophy um, between 2011. Wait, 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 wait. When did I finish that? Yeah, 2011 to 2013, we were there. And that's where my first daughter was born. Uh, I was in Kalamazoo, which she's happy to tell everybody. She thinks it's the greatest fact about her. <laughs> it's a fun so word to say, it is. even when it's, you're a it's, pretty, it's more. It's very fun. Uh, and so... <laughs> you seem so exhausted. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like... I'm worn down. You know, because people don't believe her. They'll say where where were you born? And she go Kalamazoo, Michigan. And they're like, and they'll look at me and they're like, okay, what are you what are you telling your daughter? I'm like, you you don't even know the well, amount of knowledge that this child has. Also, then you say I was getting a master's in philosophy. Right. They're like, all right, dude, <laughs> <laughs> fucking be straight, bullshit, dude. Well, and here's the other thing too, because it's 
Who does that? No one does that unless that's going to be like your profession. Like you've you've tied into your whole life at that point. Or or you're going to stock shelves with a good food. Store. Right. Yes. Correct. And, Those are the two options. And philosophy. Uh, and that's one reason I love the good food store. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, yes. Um, so now don't drink it all. No. Okay. Watch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> There's a whole pot of coffee mm-hmm. and another one coming. But anyway, the reason I say that, because the uh, we were there, we did that thing. So... Uh, there's there's a lot of story that goes into it, but basically we landed there on my imp that I got into grad school, and Tina, my wife, was like, "If do you want to do this? Like, do you want to go?" And I was like, "Well, I I do, but I don't know. I don't know if this is the right thing. Sometimes yeah. you just don't know where you know in the road forks like which which way to go." Sure. And so uh, what? Robert Frost, right? I've taken taken the one less traveled, and that yeah, has yeah. made all the difference. And so uh, uh, it's a fairly uh, uh, untraveled barren landscape out there in the philosophy world. And so I was like, let's, let's do it. I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know if it'll lead anywhere, but it'll be something to do because we'd been living in Seattle and we had a great time and we're having fun and partying and hanging out and doing all that kind of stuff. But then like at some point it's like, well, but what are we doing? Yeah. You know, you got to have something that's like that you kind of feel like you're about at some level. And so anyway, so we went and did this thing and I didn't know how it would go and it went great for me, but it turns out, and if you're listening in Kalamazoo, thank you. Um, oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thanks. From us, from us also. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I could say safely, despite the global nature of the internet, that it's not the greatest place in the universe, okay? Yeah. And so, particularly as the spouse of somebody in school, like, I love school. I would go to school, I would go to school now all the time if yeah. I could. Um, but, but, when when you're like there with the other person and they're kind of doing their thing, but then you're like kind of like okay, well, what am I doing? And Tina like got a job like like running doing the front desk and like doing laundry at an extended stay hotel, like just a terrible job. Yeah. Like we're trying to make it. It was so poor. Like, she's just, just living in California. Totally, she's yeah. just there and like makes like two friends that are the wives of philosophy. You know, other philosophy students and philosophy students are the worst i mean just if you want to sit down to a meal with 10 dudes and just go you all suck like do it with and and that's saying that with all you know well as one to some extent and then also like it they're a great group we had a lot of fun but it's like the dinner conversation is so tedious and just like and and you just check out immediately if you're not interested in in the most like thin minutia in the universe so uh and so anyway particularly as a wife you're like oh another philosophy event Mm, i think i'd just sit here and try and repaint the shelving uh so anyhow point being when we got done with that we got in the van loaded the van like way past code like i mean it was it was all the way on its haunches got rid of everything locked the door behind us and we're like very happy to be on our way but didn't really know where we were on our way to. Yeah. And I said, well, Tina, it's your turn. Like, I called the shot on Kalamazoo. Where are we going cool. now? And we very strongly considered Seattle-Tacoma area, which is where we met and were married and all of that kind of stuff. And I have a lot of friends still out there and even some family, too. But we kind of cruised around, and she's like, somewhere about, I don't know, Minnesota. She's like, you know what? I think I want to go 
do some more cosmetology. She's a cosmetologist. She's an artist is what she is. Uh, she, I mean, she went to art school, but she is a cosmetologist to make art pay. Yeah. Um, and, and she's very good, and she hadn't done it for a while, and she kind of wanted to get back into it and kind of scratch that itch, so to speak. And so I was like, awesome. And I was like, good. And she said, you know, I think we could live in Missoula for a while. And we came here. We had we had not lived in one place together or separate, actually, in our adult lives for more than two years. Yeah, Kalamazoo being the longest. Kalamazoo being the longest. Seattle also yeah. were there about two years. So we've always been itinerant and just sort of always just on the move, just checking stuff out and yeah. seeing what the world is and, so, and, and, and that. And so I came back to Missoula very happy to be back in Missoula, especially after having been in Kalamazoo, but not with – not under any auspices that we were going to be here for any extended period of time. And so we lived with my parents because uh, we had, again, I was absolutely no money. And the prospects of, uh, they're, they're like, oh, you philosophy. So no skills then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yep. Uh, so that's me. So uh, we went and, and she started working and I was, you know, kind of a quasi stay at home dad. And then eventually she said, are you going to get a job? And I was like, well, no, <laughs> obviously you picked Missoula. You said you wanted to work. <laughs> I'm a philosopher now. Yes. So oh. it was it, oh. when we were in Seattle, I was filling out an application or something. There's something I don't even remember what it was for, but it asked like what is your like what is your profession or something. Yeah. And I was like doing nothing. She's like, Well, say you're a writer. And I was like, Well, I'm not a writer. She goes, Well, you're sure as hell nothing else. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, Tina? Writer it is. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Just put it on there, the catch-all. So uh, anyway, so we got here, and so I was like, okay, well, I should try and find a job. So I, I was like, you know, maybe now is the time to maybe think about trying to do the thing that I thought a decade and a half ago would be really great to do and actually did kind of go to school for and stuff. And I did, had done a little bit of it, you know, even for pay after I graduated, but nothing, you know, significant. And so I, you know, looked up. ESPN Radio and the GM of the station group, which was at that time the Montana Radio Company, and Dave Cowan was the was the GM at that time. And I sent him an email. I was like, Dave, my name's Ryan. You don't know me, but here's my story. And I gave him, you know, three paragraphs of, of uh, both my quasi-professional, or at least my education histories that pertain to radio and then kind of where I'd been and stuff. And he was kind enough to have me in. And he, he, I said, you know, I don't I – I'm not – I asked him – I did want a job. But I wasn't asking for a job. I came to him asking for advice about radio. Yeah, yeah. As somebody who'd been in the business wink, for a wink, long time. Good move. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it just get a seat at the table, you know? Yes. And so we sat down and we talked for like forty five minutes. He's an awesome, awesome guy. And and he was really, I think, amenable to me. And and he's like, Look, we I think there's some stuff that we can have you do. And now radio, especially small market radio, is is I mean, it's shoestring budget. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's just it, you don't have. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, but but it's not like it's not like a, a corporation, which I'm really happy about. Like the great thing, one of the great things about Missoula Broadcasting is it's a locally owned, like I don't know, thirteen or fifteen person outfit. Yeah, that just works to try and do good things in the community and you know make a living and so forth. But there's not like there's a there's a bottom line that has to be met to pacify, you know, a group of investors or whatever it is, you yeah. know, in addition to the work that you're doing. So, 
Um, you know, so anyway, but the point is, it's not like, you know what, this kid's good. Let's, uh, let's give him a shot. Let's, let's, let's put him on the radio and let's pay him a salary and let's go with this, you know? And so I started, first of all, board hopping. I would board up like one or two games a week when at that time they were airing Carroll college football games and also a couple high school football games as well. So you have to have somebody in the studio literally to just make the commercials run. Yeah. And so you sit there and you go, you push the on button when it's time for the commercials to go and then the off and then the, uh, you know, on the commercials and back on to the microphone of the guy who's doing it. I would suck at that. I would would space out, dude. Oh, I would almost never be right, I think, if I did that. Oh, we've had, I've had, I walked in one day for the show in our board op asleep. And then, by the way, not Tommy. Let's be clear, because Tommy, our, like Tommy, our esteemed producer, who is who is a legend. He's great. He's he's unbelievable. He's he he's so great. He's so great personality wise, and he's unbelievably. He's our station engineer for all four oh, stations. Oh, really? Never went to school for it. Just came right out of high school. He's got like this theater background. Did a bunch of sound like AV stuff. Love Tommy. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, this is your guy right here. Do you know him? Yeah. 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 So and and like just over time, like he just started like hanging around with people who were engineers and did know and learning and and literally i think this week he's obtained his official like radio engineers no kidding license or or you know whatever like that you are like you're recognized as as that thing even though he's been that for quite a while but uh, i mean he's he's tremendously bright on this stuff and you know anyway he's so congrats he's the least millennial millennial Oh. Like he literally is a go getter. He and cares and is like responsible for himself. But what's he doing for the world, man? <laughs> I, you just heard what he's doing for the world. <laughs> he takes his voice and puts it out into That's the world. Right. He sure That's does. What he's doing. And when he hasn't been there, the voice hasn't gone out into the world multiple times. Is that does that oh, fall on you if Tommy disaster. if Tommy's sick or something? Do you have to deal with that shit? Well, yeah. I mean, we now have cultivated a couple of people who are competent at it, both in-house and, and some, some folks from, from the wider world to come in if we need it yeah. to make it go. Um, I don't know, man. Technical stuff. It, it, radio, it's like even when everything appears, as far as you know, to be in perfect working order, like you push the button and it's go time and yeah. it's just silence and you, no one knows why. And unless Tommy's there. No one knows why. <laughs> Whoops! And so it's like it's so it's it's a complete disaster occasionally, uh, and you know that's some of the that's I don't know maybe it, maybe it's part of the fun of small town radio. I hate it when that happens because it stresses me out. But it's you know it's not the end of the world. But anyway, he does a great job. Why are we talking about Tommy? We were talking you. So you got a job. <laughs> You, oh, right. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a job board hopping. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, they knew that I wanted to kind of be on the radio. And I had called games before. In fact, I sent Dave a cassette tape of me calling like a Bengals Bears game that I was watching on television. Oh, really? To show him As like a spec. that I'm like competent at this. And I was yes, like, that's Dave, awesome. I have no way to prove this, that I wasn't watching this on DVR and then replaying it back like right. with knowledge of what was going to happen. As if it was so good that he would just assume, oh, he's <laughs> seen the game before. <laughs> that's <laughs> why he's such a pro, you know? And it's like, you know, the, the, the level of hubris that I carry oh, that awesome. I never really recognize is just yeah. unbelievable. So, but anyway, he's like, you know, this is good. And, it, it, you know, it's good enough or whatever. And we went and called a couple of games, he and I, like some softball together. But then eventually, like during football and basketball season, I called Loyola games. So we did yeah. Loyola stuff at that time. That seems so hard. 
Calling games seems fucking hard. Yeah, I don't know. It, calling them well is really hard. Being the color guy seems really, <laughs> really, really easy. That I is think, very easy. It's, my know, job. It's, it's, it's funny is that like it's just when when you've listened to enough of it, yeah. you get out there and you get a couple of reps and then you just say what everybody else says. Like here's something that you hear every time. Every time there's almost a first, first down. It'll depend on the spot. Joe Buck says it, and freaking every four-year-old who's calling their first game goes, well, it'll depend on the spot. You don't say. It will, huh? Yeah. It's going to matter where they put the ball in relation to the first down as to whether it'll be a first down. Thanks for the insight. But every, like, literally, this is the thing that everybody says. That's hilarious. And so, that and that, that's just like you got to fill up the space Completely. Bit, right? It's just like the thing. It's just the thing that you say. Well, and it does depend on the spot. And that's Tucker, by the way. Shout out to Tucker Sargent, who, like, he's the one who's like, what are we doing with the it'll depend on the spot? Yeah. I'm about to kill someone. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, Tucker? You are right on this. Do you know what else drives me crazy is when John Gruden or other, the whole ex-players being commentators mm. thing is overrated, mm. and I would like for ESPN to maybe move away from that. I'll, I will send a memo. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but when, when John Gruden says the game of football... We can just say football. We know we're talking about football. They all say the Dude. game of football. Yeah. In the game of football, it's, it's all about catching the ball. And, and you and have scoring. to say, you also, like, when it's really, really important, National Football League. Oh, yeah. Can't say wow. NFL. So wow. Got to go. Got to go all the way because it's heart and it's soul yeah. and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's strength and it's <laughs> desire. And it's about having a motor. It's about- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you got to have that motor. You got to run downhill. Yeah, that's why it never worked for me. It's just that <laughs> I got a Prius and I needed a diesel and that's, what, that's how it happened. So you started calling games and then they were like, man, you should have a show. No. So what happened was <laughs> I started calling games and... Uh, I still didn't really have a job, by the way, because I was doing this like maybe at the most twice a week for like five hours. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and it was like 40 bucks They're a like, game. you want this uh, check in dimes and quarters or right. how did you want us to cash this out? So uh, anyhow, but I kind of got known a little bit, especially by Dave. And there is a tremendous amount of turnover in radio and especially in sales. Yeah, and so they had a sales position open, and rather than going through another round of interviews, which are a very often disaster. Uh, Interviews are a disaster. Yeah, just because everybody applies and they shouldn't. Yeah, it's just like fi- like people like everybody needs a job. I understand. Well, yeah, not everybody <laughs> needs a job. <laughs> Many people you, need a you job. Gotta, you gotta find a way to make a living somehow. Yeah. Okay, okay, and so. And people are like, oh, radio sales, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll try that. And they yeah. walk through the door with with nothing like what it takes to actually sell radio, which is a very it's a it's it's a very difficult job to do. Yes. Uh and so that is what I got hired to do. And they called me and they're like, hey, I was substitute teaching at that time. I had moved all the way up into the world of subbing. This is such I a Missoula story, man. Yep. Wow. And so I subbed at Hellgate High School for my old sixth grade teacher. Awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and like my third day on at subbing, I remember standing in like the yard of Hellgate. I said Hellgate High School, Hellgate Middle School. Excuse me. But I standing in the yard at Hellgate Elementary, talking to Dave, and he's like, "Do you mind coming in for an interview tomorrow? Because we could use a salesperson." And I was like, "I could use a job, and I don't really care. And I wanted nothing to do with sales and." Still want nothing yeah. to do with sales, but that was my that was my in in terms of actually getting a job, and I was hired 
I think it was like four years ago, March, um, was my was when I started at at what was then Montana Radio and is now Missoula Broadcasting full time. And it was a hundred percent sales. I did I did not have a show or anything on air to do whatsoever. I came in as a full time salesperson, which actually served me really well. Uh, I in retrospect, um, but but that is how I started in radio. Okay. But it must have not been very long before you did have a show, right? That's right. And so my uh, our our owner and general manager Becky Smith, who is like of all the people that a person could work for, she is the greatest. I mean, it's just like it's it's so I, as a person who would know with my job history the difference between good and bad employers and good and bad work environments. It's it's a total. Uh, it's just it's just incredible to work there and to work for her um and she is a sports nut oh and she's i no joke i got the job in part because i'm a green bay packer fan she's from wisconsin and she lives and dies with the green bay packers and by the way we died last night and that's when you guys got to go to the game yeah so oh yeah i've been uh yeah i went to the nfc championship game well i'll get i'll get to that but um, oh, I already know about it. You know, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> you were there with me. I mean, <laughs> so um, anyhow, so 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 uh, Becky um, had always wanted to have a show on ESPN Radio. Cool, always. That's awesome. Like that's the thing, and not her show. She just wanted to have ESPN Radio that had a show on it. Like she wanted to be the one to sort of break that ground. Yeah. And especially she had, she had kind of different ideas on what it would be. Like she wanted to speak to all the mothers of kids who were playing high school sports because that's what she was and is. And, and, and so, and we've done a little bit of that, but point being, she always wanted this and she's, she's kind of a co-owner, right? So there's, there's, she's got a partner in this and he, um, I don't know, was less enthusiastic about this for the longest time. And I put together, like, at some point, a deal that I handed to Dave, and I was like, here's what a show should look like on ESPN, and I'm the one who should host it. And he's like, yeah, thanks. We'll take that under advisement. <laughs> like, And I didn't know at that time that this had been, like, an ongoing – like, ESPN had been in the market for, like, eight years or something, yeah. seven, eight years, and nothing had ever – other than some of the live, you know, high school sports and stuff, but nothing show-wise had ever been done. Part of the reason is it's a huge – commitment of resources both human and financial and time yeah to do live talk radio for any amount of time two hours you know a day yeah with the producer and and then all the time that it takes to prepare for that and everything else uh and especially as radio moves more and more to the you know quasi automated automated sort of range where that you know you can you can effectively voice track eight hours of on-air, you know, DJ stuff in an hour. Right. And so most DJs are not there. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, or, or I should even say it differently. Most DJs are like oh, salespeople. Yeah. And then they come in and they they do this thing for an hour. So there's not, you know, there's not this thing really, the exception being the trail, which is, you know, phenomenal for that very reason where Craig Johnson's sitting in there from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single day and you got talk, talking you through it that's a big reason why people listen to totally it it, it completely is different. I mean it's it's the it's it's you know it's just doing it doing it the way it should be done yeah um, but it's it's more expensive yeah it it costs more and you know it's 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 sort of you know 
if you're eating pizzas, you've eaten enough to understand what a good pizza is and what a bad pizza is. But when you're listening to radio, most people, it seems, are not as like most people consume radio for whatever the content, like the the music, right? So yeah. this plays this style of music, whether or not the station is run in like a really good way or the, you know, and stuff like that doesn't enter a lot of consciousness, you know, at times, but I think the trail has kind of worked its way to where people recognize that. But yeah. uh, anyway, so that's part of the financial side of it had never been done, but I was like, at some point I kind of kept pestering Becky, like, because the other thing too, is I was selling, and I w- I'm not really good at it. And I didn't like it yeah. all that much. And so I'm like, this is, I gotta, this is what I need to do is I need to be on the air, you know? And so I wasn't like forceful. I mean, I'm the new guy. I'm not sitting there saying this is what it should be. But I was like, hey, you know, I can do it. If you want me to do it, I can do it. Having, by the way, never done it. <laughs> yes you know now we're talking like that's the thing like just like just just Great. just point over the fence having never swung the bat and yeah. say this is uh, of course i could do it i went to school um but uh <laughs> i went to school <laughs> i got like eight degrees what do you need to know uh, more I could than do this. Radio. so i went uh and so at some point over the course so i'd been started in in march and in, in like August, they had like a closed door meeting where he would, you know, they would sit there and they would talk and they would have these meetings regularly. And she comes out and she goes, you got a show. And I was like, wow, what? Oh shit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit is exactly what I thought. Like, careful what you ask for. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I was like, and then I was like, well, uh, I really don't know how to do this. Yeah. And so they're like, and you can't really Google that. No, <laughs> you can't. Like. <laughs> Well, and so here's what's here's what happened to so, but here's what's interesting. It was a one hour once a week show. Yeah. So it originally the very first thing I did on radio after calling games, where it was like talk radio, was called Tuesdays with Tutel. Yeah. And it was from five to six on Tuesday, and <laughs> Tucker would come in. It's because you were in sales, you knew how to do that. Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you can get the alliteration, that's you know you're off and running. It's been a huge problem with Coulter and I. We have the two least, like, you know, helpful names together in the history of, of radio. But anyway, we, uh, uh, so, so, so I, I went on, we, we went on, Tucker and I, um, on some Tuesday in like September. And that was the first time I was on the air. And it was, it was a disaster. Like it was, it was true. And I sat down like day of just by myself and like hit go on the record button just to like start talking. Yeah. And I got about five minutes in and I was like, I'm out of stuff. Rut row. Well, it wasn't even that I was out of stuff. Like I didn't even know how to, how to get from thing to thing yeah. or how to get in and out of a break and stuff like that. Like there's some tricks, not tricks, but there's just, if you're listening to radio and it's good. You should never notice that there's a little bit of an art to it. Yeah. And uh and as soon as I started talking, like I realized like I don't I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And I talked with Robert Chase, who's all he's the program director of the trail. He's uh, again an, another just awesome awesome guy. And he's like, "Well, here's a couple things, you know, to keep in mind and you know, try and do this and that." So I tried, you know, to do that and but but like objectively the first show the first month of shows that we did were were just like 
not good. And we sat in the same – so we have now a studio that's separate from where Tommy is. But we sat in the same room with Tommy, and there's two microphones in the studio. And and we would sit, I mean, a foot from one another, Tucker and I, with Tommy sitting – two feet from us and the phone that he's supposedly going to answer if somebody was to call in also in the same room which is a problem (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and so but that was like it didn't matter like we were in this little windowless like i don't know hovel in the middle of the station and and it but it was like it was like a dream realized yeah like it was scary and it wasn't good but it was also amazing because it is something it had been something that I had thought about doing specifically sports talk radio yeah like I'd been on I'd called games on television I'd called games on the radio I'd done some other things here and there but net like like commercial sports talk radio I had never done before yeah. I did it and then I went home and my wife had like unbeknownst to me invited a bunch of friends over and oh, threw shit. a big oh, party shit. because oh, we had had like because I did it like I was on I did I had a show on ESPN, ESPN radio, yeah, like yeah. not even just like, yes, yeah, whatever. And, and it was like, and I was sort of like, I, I walked out and I was bewildered. It's like the first time that you have sex and you're done and you're like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like you walk out and you're kind of nervous and kind of like energetic and you're kind of like, uh, you know, you don't know what to say. And, and, and that I like kind of got in my car and I sat there and I was like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like that was, that, it was something. I don't know if it was good or bad. But did you I, feel like you can't wait to do it again? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a thrill, even though I didn't feel good about what sure. had been done. Yeah. You know, and but I, I I do remember this distinctly. I took Tuesdays off of selling. Now, part of that was because I was like didn't really want to. You're three sell. two one in exactly <laughs> correctly. Yes. But I I was like I want to. I spent seven hours, literally seven hours prepping one hour of show because I was so intent and nervous and worried that it wasn't going to be good and wanted it to be good. And really the good of it isn't, isn't, wasn't the content. It was just, you know, the expression, you know, on the radio, but we, we went on and I think, you know, one hour once a week, it's tough to really. Like that's not enough reps to really get better them, and better, yeah. but it, it, it did. I mean, it got it did get a little bit better kind of over time. But we're just, I mean, no one knows what they're doing. Right. Tucker and I have never done this. Have no instruction whatsoever. Have nobody that's you know. I mean, Robert, you know, helpful and so forth. But but like in terms of sports talk radio, no, no history and no direction and no nothing. Yeah. Tommy's never had to sh- put a show on the air, you know, from a technical standpoint. And we're sitting in the same room doing this thing, and it didn't matter. It's like we're doing it. Yeah. And so, but what happened, so this went on for like three, four months through the end of 2013, 14, 15, I don't remember. Anyway, the end of the year. And we went through a partial ownership change where Becky stayed in place, but the remainder of what was owned was changed hands. Yeah. Yeah. The new ownership, interestingly enough, thought sports talk radio is where it's at like that you can make a bunch of money oh. on sports talk radio and didn't understand why we had never done like a proper show and stuff like and you're like i know i'm <laughs> telling these guys you know 
<laughs> what, you had to hear it from him? You couldn't take it from me? Huh? And, uh, and, and they're like, we're going, they're like, let's do, let's do a show. Yeah. Two hours every day, four to six during drive time in the afternoons. And, oh my and, God. Did and, you have a stroke? Yeah. I did. Like, we sat down and at dinner. And that's your job. Well, I still, so technically, I'm a halftime salesperson. So. Oh, yeah. And Tucker was doing sales too, wasn't he? He or, did it before, but never when he was on the show. Oh, why he was, was he always late? Real estate, lacrosse oh. practice, <laughs> working other things, and just generally unaware of time. Okay. Cool. You know? <laughs> How much does Jamie know about oh, it's this? So this is incredible. It's so great. I love accidental research. I also, <laughs> full disclosure, I went to college with Tucker. Oh, yeah. Okay. But that, that mean, we I haven't spoken to him in 10 years. So whatever. Did you play lacrosse? Fuck no. Okay. <laughs> Fuck no. Sorry, refer back to episode like five about how we discussed yeah. why lacrosse is the most and is the worst thing on earth. If I'm being honest, I always thought Tucker was a great guy, but always felt his interest in lacrosse was dubious. Right. Yeah. Because that is a, just a douche sport. I'm sorry. It just is. It just is. You do get a lot of vest wearing, folks. Yeah. And, and not like, not like. But like down vest. Well, I'm you know from the Northeast, I mean? where it's a different. It's a whole. Where different, are you from? I'm, well, so I went to high school in New Hampshire. Okay. Which well, is you Tucker's. and Tucker are like yeah, totally, and we both went to boarding school, prep schools, all that shit. And lacrosse in that world is, I mean, it's bad. Yeah, when you, it's a detriment. When you, when you, when you come from it, it's uh, there's not a lot of middle ground. It's no, either like I actually, I it's like I have a little like my heart is. Is like beating faster right now. I, I, I to chill out. <laughs> hatred, <laughs> hatred. Oh, that's great. You know, uh, I, I'm sensing shit, some. Yeah. yeah, I'm sensing some some therapy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not do it right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Where are you from? Uh, I'm from uh, the Midwest originally, but not Kalamazoo. Dear God. No. Okay. No, even worse. Oh, yeah. Even worse. Indianapolis. Oh well, it's, it's uh, well, I it's mean something. the city's not terrible. I'm in Indy. It's you know it's okay, it, and it has gotten it has gotten better. Okay, it is uh, it's uh, a little less uh, trashy. I will say though, Northern <laughs> yes. Indiana. I'm being touched right now, and I like it. Yeah. Go, okay. Go. Let's keep doing it then. <laughs> Northern Indiana. Oh fuck. Yes. Yeah. No. It's one of the weirdest cross sections of people oh, like, really? and i mean that in no, like it's weird. the genuinely like weird yeah. sense like what is going on here first of all everyone in northern indiana knows everything about chicago oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. chicago yeah, yeah yeah i love chicago oh yeah oh chicago yeah yeah, yeah. it's horrible because they don't yeah. they go once a year just like everyone else yeah. yeah they don't really know about it fort wayne is an intense town for the like farming slash school that's there mm. slash rural and it's still it's weirdly in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Even though Ohio's right there, everything. Uh, Notre Dame is another planet. Totally. It has nothing to do with Indiana. No, Notre it has Dame nothing is to do with Indiana. Its own its own little deal. I actually had an opera. I I I asked and was allowed to go take a class while I was in grad school at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. which is about 45, 50 minutes from there. But it was like twice a week, and it's intense because it's. It's effectively the same thing. Like a PhD, the difference between a PhD and, an, and a master's is just duration. Right. Like the content is basically the same. The D is for duration? I'm glad to know that. Yeah. I, yeah. Never, <laughs> I, never, I, I had no idea what PhD stands for. <laughs> yeah, the A in master's for apathy, if you're wondering. <laughs> like, but, uh, but Notre Dame is like a 
a world-renowned school at a lot of levels, and certainly yeah. in the philosophy world as well. And I w- it, it turned out that the commute, given what my life was looking like, school and otherwise, was just... I didn't want to go there and then have it be like, who's this kid from Western, you know, like the oh, yeah. junior college transfer coming in here to try and sit here and talk with the big boys. And it wasn't, that's not why I didn't do it. Like I, that, it was more about the logistics of it, but going to Notre Dame and like that, that place is out of place. Oh yeah. In, in Northern it's so Indiana. Weird. Yeah. Is yeah. South Bend a little like the Missoula of Indiana? No. No. It's, South Bend's it's also different. still South Bend's like pretty rough. Yeah, Wait, is South yeah. Bend where Notre Dame? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is, but literally, can't North the Notre Dame, like Notre Dame, the school, the university. It's, it has nothing to do with it's South like Bend. Right. Gonzaga and Spokane. Yeah, but, it is. It's a, still a factory town. It's still yeah. well, and then you got still... Gary. Oh fucking Gary! So you got Chicago, somewhat tough. Then you got the South Side of Chicago, oh. like, super tough. And then the south side of the south side is Gary. Like, yeah. you cross the border into Indiana, and it's like the south side of Chicago with looser state laws. Yes, uh-huh. and exactly. It's, it's, a, it's just incredible. And what stinks, too, is that it's got cheap gas. And so I would stop there oh, in the middle of the go. night all the time. because my fa- So I have a bunch of family in Racine, Wisconsin. And Racine and Kalamazoo are like 30 minutes from one another, but there's a lake in the middle yes. of it. Oh. And so you got to go all the way down around. So you, I would drive the 90-94 corridor all the way through, and I would stop and get That's- Hell, get that out. corridor is it gross. Is. It's it's it's, it's bizarre. Gross. So anyway, that was my stop. That you know, Valparaiso was anyway oh. craziness. I yeah. twice that corridor right there, right east of Chicago. I yeah, guess you made that drive. A I've done it a lot. Of times, I've done it right? a lot, yeah. and I twice have come to the Michigan state line and said, "Why the fuck am I in Michigan?" Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've done it. I've done it two times. <laughs> Whoops. And I still don't know where it's happening. Like, it's a real thing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. For those who don't know it as well, so when you get to the southern border of Lake Michigan, you're on 90 and 94. Yeah. It's the same yes. road. Yeah. And then at some point. But there's point, always di- diversions correct. and traffic. And, I mean, they've been working on and it And it forever. splits. And one continues due east, if you're headed east, yeah. toward New Hampshire, for instance. Right. And the other one angles off to the north into Michigan. Yeah. And you landed there. Well, yeah, and there's yeah. this, and I twice used the same detour road, which totally has a shitload of people yeah. who made the same mistake. <laughs> and it's like a big fuck. It's like an hour and a half more. It totally sucks. We leave some more signage Whoops. out here. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really oh funny. my goodness. Okay, how did we get there? What are we talking about? Uh, so you got your show, and you guys went. You went daily. Yeah, so we went daily, awesome. and we went daily uh, on like January one or well, whatever the first day after New Year's, January twenty. 15? 14. I think 14. Wouldn't it have been? 14? This will have been three full years. Yeah. So 14? Yeah. 14. No, 15. 15. Yeah. Because this will be, so 15, 16, 17. Cool. So three years we've been basically on the air. And uh, and so I am a halftime salesperson still, which is fine. I, I'm at a point now with my sales where like I really like going to see the people that I now have relations. It's, it's just it's managing hard to accounts, cultivate basically. It. Yeah, I mean, I, I should find some more. <laughs> we'll see. We're all in that boat. Don't we'll, worry. Don't we'll get this there. table. Yeah. This table understands. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but like the people that I that I am fortunate enough to work with out in the in the business, and there's some really like business people are interesting people. Like, I mean, business kind of depending on your perspective can get a little bit of a bad rap in corporate America and all that kind of stuff. But like people that are entrepreneurs that are like really motivated are so unique and different yeah. from me. Yeah. Like that's I, I, I've 
that's just not me at all. And so to go to talk to these people and sit with them and listen to kind of what they're about and what they're doing is is really interesting. Yeah. So I, I I really enjoy that aspect of it. So I still do that, and then I'm a halftime. You know, when I say halftime, I mean you know, I don't know. I, I'm I'm salary and commission, and so I get paid for the broadcasting that I do for the show and the prep and all the things that go with that, and then I get paid for the sales that I do, and then I'm also the program director for ESPN, which is more or less just a title. Like I mean, I do a few things of selecting yeah. games and different things like does that. Does Bristol like does ESPN big ESPN tell you guys what like? Is it gonna be Mike or not Mike and Mike? Whatever the new one. Wingo is. and Wingo, Wingo and Golic. I should. Well, maybe you can't talk about that. I can talk I have about some anything. Of um, <laughs> Golic, does he need to be on the radio anymore? Uh, probably. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, I'll talk about anything except for don't make me. Talk yeah, sorry. About no, sorry. No, 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 no. That's unfair. I don't even want you to answer that question. Just don't answer that question. Okay. Don't answer that question. <laughs> but do they tell you what shows? Awesome. Like, how does that work? Could you guys have all local programming all day, or do you have to have? We could have all local programming all day, and we really should. Like the the best model is to localize as much as you possibly sure, can. Sure. And so, if you go to you know major markets, you know Seattle, six a.m. to six p.m. is just local, local yeah, local guys, yeah. Um, and what you have, like they make money on what, same as everybody else. Advertising, yeah. and so they have their ads that you are required to run, and then you can put on the air anything that you so choose. I have a question about yeah. that. Yeah, why does ESPN Radio have so many ads for ESPN Radio? So, because it's like more than fifty percent, I would say. I will. I will. Uh, I'll. I'll tell you the secret of this, and I'm not proud of this, but this is what it is. Okay. <laughs> so. All of the promos that ESPN runs for ESPN are the spaces where if we had local inventory, that's where it would go. Oh, man. And so the, the, the point is is that, that we sh- – not that we should, but they, there needs to be something there so there's not nothing. Right. And so what they do is they run their own stuff about themselves, which is the smart thing to do. In the event that there isn't something that we have to go on. Got so we it. have our local spots that we run, and we have some number of those. But what's interesting is on the trail, for instance, yeah. they build the spot blocks where the commercials go to fit. And they have, they're very strict about how long they are because, obviously, the less commercials you have, the better for the advertiser and also for the listener. Yep. And so – you know they have these you know small windows or whatever. When you're sending out a national feed to the the country, it's uh, very rigid. Like it's a it's a it's a skeleton that is is very you know has to be fit in this way. So you get we get like basically four minutes of avails per quarter hour, three minutes something like that. Um, that whether we use it or not. It's there. Right. And if you don't use it, it's ESPN. Correct. And then Got they it. just keep running their that thing. That makes sense. Because I'm always like, I'm already listening. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you telling me to listen? Totally. <laughs> I, I, I can't I'm, listen anymore. I'm, 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 <laughs> 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 it's like Super Troopers when he pulls them over and then pulls them over again. He's like, but sir, I'm, more, I'm already on the side of the road. I can't pull over anymore. That's what it feels like. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's so so as we have more and more advertisers and so sure. forth, those that that becomes you know that dwindles. Got it, got it. Yeah. Uh, is there? So you said it would be great to have more local programming. Is that a is that an ambition of the station? Can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, sure. 
it, it's certainly an ambition. It's an ambition of mine uh, as program director and and as wanting um, the the station to be as good as it can be and sound as good as it can. Um, we have talked about an expansion of the show uh, in terms of the duration of the show to to you know a three hour yeah uh, deal. Um, and we've also talked. I mean, we've talked about also airing other you know actual live sports, you know, because we, one thing that we, we, you have to pick because you only have so many resources that you have, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so then we had to, uh, uh, we, we didn't do high school games anymore. We don't have those on our air mm-hmm. in part because it was very difficult, interestingly enough to get those to, to cash flow. And then also it's just, it's a resource. It's a big time, you know, resource. Yeah. And so, if I'm spending this amount of time working full time doing this, and then what another, you know, three hours twice a week calling basketball games or something, yeah. that's not going to fly with the family and per, with me personally, frankly. Sure. Even though I do love calling live games, like live games are so fun to yeah. do. But anyway, so it's a, you know it's a matter of as you know as the the money that comes in on the station increases then so too in theory does the capability to kind of expand and do more but it's also like a chicken and egg scenario because the more you expand the likelier you are to be able to then you know bring in right other accounts and stuff but um so so that is that is kind of what it is it's fairly incremental it feels at times but with the addition of Coulter uh in the last you know since August Colton Nuanis has been on it's been unbelievable yeah. what what he has brought uh, both to the show in terms of his you know his unbelievable knowledge of of local and area and Big Sky Conference sports, but also in his um, sort of perspective about how to build this thing. Cool, and and to have somebody there it, again, Tucker. Who I love. I mean, Tucker is a, is a dear friend of mine. When you talk to somebody for two hours every yeah. day, the way we're talking now, I mean, we're already great friends. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like over time, I mean, it's you know, it's it's birthdays and it's Christmas. And you guys and had a great. Time with each you other. guys had a really great thing. Uh, we, I, I agree. No and 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 Tucker's Tucker's awesome. But it's also it was one sixth of his work life, right? And and so he just couldn't be invested in it aside from just what we're doing today on the air, right. you know? And so with Coulter there, who's now a, a full-time employee too, yeah. Um, and what he is, you know, what we're working together now, and also, you know, you kind of have the synergy of, instead of him doing this and him and me doing this, you come together and now it's even bigger together because you kind of have that uh, uh, bootstrapping um, is is really cool. So I'm, I don't know where this thing's headed, yeah. but I'm really optimistic. Like there's a lot of ways, both in terms of expansion of time, perhaps syndication, podcast, yeah, the podcast world, which you guys know, uh, and also what he does in his other business, which is Skyline Sports, yeah. and, and all of that kind of coming together and being something that could be really, really cool. And we have aspirations. I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you, like we have our goal – as such is to be this i don't i don't want to say singular we want to be the central and and um and clearly the first resource that anyone in the state of montana will go to for sports about yeah. montana whether it's you know grizz cat high school regional whatever it is that they'll know oh you know two tell 
slash Skyline slash, you know, whatever radio stations we're on. Like, that's where you go to get information that's going to be good, to get analysis is going to be the best that there is and all that. So that that's a vague goal in so far as like, well, how, how do you demarcate that you've, you've done that? Yeah. But in general, like that's what, that's what we want. And I think that we have the, I think we complement each other really well in terms of the things that I do, you know, the things that I do well and do well on the radio and so forth, you know, Coulter doesn't do as much of sure. from a radio standpoint and what he brings to the table from a journalism standpoint and from a knowledge standpoint and, and from a, in a networking standpoint are places that I could never go. Yeah. I feel and like so what Coulter, I think the thing that's really cool about Coulter is, and I don't, I don't give a shit about big sky sports, but, um, he, if I did, right. <laughs> I, with, with Coulter's presence on the show now, if something happened worth knowing, right. I know that Coulter will let us know. Completely. Whereas before, you know, I mean, it just, it was obvious with, with Tucker and you that you guys were like, stretch very thin. Right. <laughs> <Completely>. <laughs> you know? And it seems yep. like Coulter lives and breathes uh, sports journalism. He lives and breathes. And it's really cool to yeah. have that guy you know, he on was, the show. He's, he's 30. At 23 or 4, he's the sports writer of the year in the state of Washington covering central Washington That's in so Ellensburg, cool. you know? Wow. So and cool. so like, wow. he's, he's really, really, I mean, he's unbelievably talented. That's awesome. And, and he's a really hard worker. And you're right. Like he loves this stuff. Like I, I grew, I'm, I'm a Missouli and I like the Grizz. I watch, you know, I've, I've, you know, as a fan, I root for the university of Montana and stuff, you know, in the things that, you know, in growing up and so forth and so, so on. But like, what do, what do I care about Sacramento state? Right. Like, nothing. Right. You know, and if you and wanted to care about it, how would you even do that? Completely. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know what's interesting is all it takes to be interested in something is knowledge. Yeah. Like once you – the reason, say, you care about the NFL or like the, you know, like the NFL, like you know all the guys. Yeah. Like you, you, you know, you know, what college they went to or whatever, whatever, and, and all of a sudden there's a familiarity where you can place like what in the world's – uh, you know, going on, right. and then that translates into the field. When I've through Coulter learned about this guy's story, that guy's story, who this quarterback is, where he came from, and I'm like, what? I wonder how this will work out. Yeah, this is interesting now right. to me. All of a sudden, and I, it's not to say that I'm a fan. In fact, I'm less a fan now than I've ever been. Yeah, I'm. I am. I always I hated it when journalists would say, you know, I'm just in it for the story. I want the best story because I'm like, why don't you care? Like I'm. I'm a guy who. I'm like passionate about this stuff to some extent. And it's sort of silly because it's sports and I recognize that, but I like, I love it. And I still do. And I still care about it a lot. Like I want, like I, I want to root. I want to be invested in it, but I, I am able to be more objective now than I ever was because I cared so much that I was, you know, I don't know. I was blinded or something yeah. like that. Like I only cared about the thing that I wanted to happen as a fan. Yeah. And now I care much more broadly. I guess is the way to say. Right. Gotcha. Um. What, can you check the time? Yeah, I would love to. Oh, it's eleven forty-five. Well, let me just you know. You okay? Let's just yeah. Let's just keep going. Okay. I'll text Coulter in a minute. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um. I want to ask you. You're probably sick of talking about this. I'm not. But the University of Montana is. hired yeah. back Bobby Howe. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. Right. Uh. Uh, I, I was listening to you the day it happened. What what was what what was your feeling about that? So let me say something. I've been very I've 
I'm not afraid to offer my opinion on the radio. No, about and things. and let me just say real quick, that is, I uh, you you have gotten really fucking good at that, <laughs> and you had that. you had one of the hardest jobs I can imagine having in radio, which was after the Vegas shooting. Mm. You were alone mm. the day after that. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you yeah. remember this. Yeah, uh, at least for a portion of yeah. the show, and there was, I mean, you talked. Uh, incredibly eloquently about that and, and and you know at a moment where we don't really know much about it yeah uh and it's it's kind of a minefield right because right. it's very emotional that was so shocking uh and you know you're talking to thousands of people live and man you just you walked such a uh tight rope and it was uh it was really amazing, and right. I and I was like moved by it. I really yeah. was driving home, and I'll never forget. Well, uh, it was really great. I, I appreciate that very much. That's one of the one of the kinder things that's been said to me, and I, I appreciate it. I remember um, the day after uh, uh, the Charlottesville deal went down, and any rational person is so angered by by that, yeah, and and what happened there. <clears throat> And, you know, it, sometimes you just have to address things. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's sports related or whatever. You don't yeah. need to take it to that lens. And, you know, we had a guy call into the show after I had said what I said about Charlottesville or about the day or whatever. And who was who was also very appreciative of it. And it's that that stuff where you're like, okay. Because one of the reasons I didn't get into especially sports talk radio is when I went to school and I went to PLU. Like, okay, well, what am I doing here? Right. Like, um, you know, PLU has a saying, I'll see if I can remember, but it's kind of like their, their mantra about, um, you know, vocation is where your greatest passion meets the world's greatest need and trying to find that, that, that intersection in the universe that, that, that allows you to, to blossom as a person and also to do right by the, the wider world. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I think that sports talk radio is something that I would love personally, but what the hell does it matter? Like right. it, it doesn't matter. Right. And it doesn't matter. Like it's part of the fun of it is that it's flippant. And actually the fact that it doesn't matter is sort of what makes it matter. Regime Seabrook, who comes on the show with me uh, fairly regularly and we do the pre and post game together. Who's a, a, another dear friend of mine. His job is social work and like the worst to me, worst kind of social work of like, He's there sometimes when, like, kids are being taken out of their homes, yeah. you know, kind of stuff. Like, he's seeing the worst of it. And yeah. he goes, you have to be there yeah. because that's where I go to just recalibrate the universe. Totally. You know what I mean? And so that's the stuff that, that I take to heart. I appreciate, again, very much what you said uh, 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 about that. And, and that's kind of the stuff where you're like, okay, well, what we're doing here – is providing something to people and to the community. And then you have the moments where it's clear that this is a direct, directly impactful, you know, that yeah. it's not, it's not just about, well, who's the coach who won the game. It's about, it's about what matters. And, you know, to be able to, to, to be that in a public sphere is, is, is uh, something that I, I don't take lightly. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, I, I'm so sick of people saying, we'll just stick to sports. I listen to Levitard most days. Right. Right. And they're always on his ass about not talking about race or right, whatever. Right. And if you take that shit out, 
then sports is so vapid and yeah. yeah, what's the point? Yeah. What the fuck is yeah, the, what's point, the point? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So you you do a really great job of walk of that balance. Well, I, I think, appreciate which is really that. Cool. Um, uh, but we were going to talk about Bobby Howe. Well, Bobby Howe getting yeah. hired. Okay. So here's the thing. So I said I I, I don't mind. I I'm happy to give my opinion on 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 things, uh, and be direct. I've walked very delicately on yeah. this, not because <laughs> I'm afraid, but and I haven't said this on the radio, and that's okay. I wasn't here. When 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 Bobby was the head coach, I was in college. Then I was in Seattle. Then I was abroad. Then I was in Michigan. Right. And even during the time that that even when Robin Flugrad was the head coach and all of the the the, the rape and the sex yeah. culture and all that came came out, I kind of heard about it. But really, like I I was I did not experience that in any way as Missoula experienced yeah. it. Okay. And so I've been very very cautious because I don't. I don't have that first-hand perspective on what it was like when Bobby was the coach, either from a football standpoint or from a culture standpoint or so on. Coulter was here. Not only was he here, he was a student at the university, and he was almost maybe – like he's so invested at that level. Like it's almost like – like do you have – He's he has the most thoroughgoing knowledge you could possibly have, and yet so close to it, I wonder what the perspective is yeah. You know, for people who – who are upset that Bobby was hired? Sure. Well, and because Coulter also played f- football. Well, with he some didn't. Of those pl- guys. No, he, didn't, he he. But he was like, yeah. So his brother was like on the scout team. Yeah. And and uh, and he like lived with several of the football players and so He's forth real and connected. so on. Yeah, yeah. very connected. Um, how, here's what I'd say about. <clears throat> so so the reason I say that is because I my perspective on on Bobby as the head coach now is very much informed by what Coulter has said to me. By I mean, I, I am certainly aware of the timeline of events mm-hmm. uh, pretty explicitly. I'm aware of every single uh, criminal incident that happened involving a player when Bobby was the coach before. Right, which for everybody listening, Bobby, the, the, all the sexual assaults, when that blew up, that was actually after Bobby Houck's. That's correct. So that, that he was he was... Nothing. There was no sexual crime that was ever perpetrated while he was the head was coach. Just here. murder and just beating the shit out of people, and <laughs> right? Dealing drugs. So and and just just the just that just other that stuff. stuff. Yeah. And you know the so there's several. There's a couple of them that do fall at his feet. Like he recruited some guys that were red flag character mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. who proved him wrong. Yeah. Let's say, and that I think that was the. The uh, sure, why not a little bit more coffee? Sure, keep me going. Um, that was the um, assault, like a like a like a three person uh, assault, and also the breaking in and like tying up the pistol people. whipping someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean that's just, I mean that's atrocious. Yeah, and 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 those were quote unquote Bobby's guys. Yeah. Um. And so that and and. The, and he even said, I mean, he said in his opening press conference, like, there are things that we did before that I wish we wouldn't have done. You know, that in terms of people that we brought in, he also had, you know, the incident with the Kaiman and all of that, where he wouldn't talk to them that in the student cool. newspaper. You know, that which he, you know, he explicitly owned, you know, in this press conference. And, I, you know, people will say, well, you know, of course he's going to do that. He has to. He's in the public eye now, and he's going to come in here and say that. And that's fine. But, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. And of all the ways, I mean, that's that 
to, to me was was a pretty good one, you know, in terms of his addressing it straight on. And then he's like, okay, first question is going, where's the student newspaper guys? Right. And, you know, he's like, okay, you got first go. What are we, what are we talking about now? I know. So, That's, you uh... know, but you, it, it is like it, there's, there's no, but here's the thing. If you don't do that. I know he has to like, do that. Like there, totally. so there's, you're kind of screwed either way because of what you did. And it's his fault that he's in that spot sure. because he mistreated them, uh, you know, before. Yeah. And so, so he's not off the hook on this stuff. Um, there are people who will say, though, also some of the sexual assault stuff does come back to him because there were kids that he recruited. And so even though he wasn't here at the time that they did the things that they did, they right. were gone. Bo Donaldson is obviously the one that was convicted. Bo Donaldson had no red flags. He's a Missoula kid from Big Sky High School that had no criminal history whatsoever. Yeah. And, any, and every coach would have and did recruit him to come there. Yeah. So, like... Some kids just fall off the wagon for whatever reason, sure. and there's a and they're kids, right? That's I right. Don't know yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So the other thing too is, um, I'll I'll say this about Bobby. So he's a he's a tremendous disciplinarian. Anybody that messed up in his program, like one of the things that where you lose me as a head coach is where you start to enable for the sake of winning football. Yeah, games, where you start to. I don't know. You, I mean, in the worst cases, cover stuff up or at the least kind of turn a blind eye or go, you know, do like kind of pay lip service yeah. to discipline and that kind of thing. By any and every account that I've ever heard, that was never the case. In fact, some guys were kicked off the team getting off the bus yeah. for things that they had done or, you know, even, you know, even uh, uh, alleged to have done or yeah. whatever. And so bringing in guys that do bad things yeah there's responsibility there but there's also then a responsibility to react to it when it in fact happens and i think in that respect i think bobby did did do a good job uh from what i understand yeah uh, and i think there's people who feel differently on some of that stuff but i think in general that's that that i feel pretty good about for from his standpoint the other thing too and i don't know I don't know the nuances of all this stuff, and it's a matter of, of, of assessment, but you know, sports, and especially college, because it's a recruiting deal. But we all get brought in this life where we get brought in, and we all come in with better and worse circumstances sure. and better and worse situations and turn out you know, for better or worse as a result of that to some extent. And kids who have done bad things, you know, even criminal things, are are not necessarily or maybe you know, are usually even bad people. Yeah, you know, and so then you as a football coach, yeah, okay, of course you're bringing him in to play football. That's what you do. And then people will say, well, you're just bringing him here because he's you know six four, two hundred and fifty pounds. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what that's yeah. what I'm doing. Totally. That's what we're here for. But um, in its at its best, and I still want to believe. I mean, I can be you know pretty pretty uh, uh, not skeptical. I've lost the word cynical about this stuff, but at its best, I like to think that college sports still is a place where there are people who care about the individual and are are trying to do right by them and actually improve their situation. Yeah, and they're using the avenue of sports, their position as a coach, to do that. I have no idea, and we'll never know what Bobby Houck's mindset was. Yeah, like we're here to win football games. I don't care anything about what he's done. Let's get him in here. If that is the case or something like it, that's on him 100%, and he he deserves to be called out for that right. if that's the case. 
if it was, I know this kid's been in some trouble, but I think he's a good kid. I've talked to him, and he deserves a, another shot. Yeah. And I want to bring him in in the very structured context of a football team and school and so forth and hope that he can make the right choices in this place. Um, you know, there's there's something that's fairly noble about that and good about that. And it's very difficult from the outside to assess when which is what. Totally. You know? Yeah. And so the, all that to say, I'm happy about the Bobby Hauk hire. I, I don't. Why? Because I think he's a good football coach. Why? I mean, so he was he was successful at the University of Montana, right? Very successful, extremely successful. The most successful. Su- Aside, yeah, he didn't win a he national win. championship. But the most successful um, coach in history school. Yeah. At UNLV, mixed to poor. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Did he get fired or did he leave? He had mutual parting. Call it. I think he was. The, I think it was it was as mutual as something could be. You think he probably would have been fired if he wasn't going to walk right, away, yeah, but yeah. he was going to walk away regardless, even uh, if they wanted okay. to keep him. And then what? San Diego State? Mm-hmm. Were there other stops? Which in is there? nope. San Diego State, where he's been a, a coordinator, special teams coach slash assistant or associate head coach. Yeah. So I guess my my question about the whole thing is because I think your your points are really yeah well taken uh, on the. Uh, you know, how could this guy know? And kids who have red flags, maybe those are the kids who deserve opportunities. Right. I think that's a really good point. Um, right. and, and fuck, if we abandon that with college sports, really, what's the point of college sports? Right, right. Um, with the University of Montana, though, I, I just can't help but think, I care about that school. I spent, I fucking spent almost 10 years going to that school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that school. Awesome. Um, the way the school, I was talking to a professor the other day. And it seems like the way the school has been dealing with this, uh, the drop in enrollment leading to the budget crisis, which in one way or another stems from uh, the sexual assault stuff. And that was not all the football team and it was not all the University of Montana. I mean, that was a whole city thing. Right. Um, Yeah. uh, So, you know, I'm not putting it just on sports by any means. Um, Still, it seems like... It's integral, though. It's integral. It was was because it's so public, it is the engine for all of this. Yes, and and sort of the anecdotal evidence nationally of what was going on was about the football team. Yes, yes, 100%. And I just, I wonder, it seems like the University of Montana dealing with this is like, it's like they're stranded in a parking lot and... They need a ride, and the way they're dealing with it is just looking in car windows and see if there's a key in an ignition. Right. And they're just like throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks. And of all the people in the world they could hire to be the football coach here, why would you hire the guy who in some way, whether rightfully or wrongfully, right. is connected is the to picture, the beginning of this the shit? Picture of that. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, it, and it brings up the worst part of sports, which you alluded to earlier, which is that winning is more important than anything else. And I don't know Bobby Houck. I don't know what what his intentions and his decision-making are, and he could be like a totally rad, altruistic, super cool dude who also wins. The optics on this right now, and I hate using the word optics. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Buzzword. Uh, optics, optics, and litigate yeah. are the two buzzwords. Right now. Oh, Let's relitigate this. Uh, uh, relitigate. But the, but you know the way this looks is just so shitty at a time where it's like just do anything else, you know. And, yeah. And I just I don't it. It's frustrating to me as someone who cares about the university, but it's finding it harder and harder to care. Uh, and, totally. Yeah. I don't know. I so. I think that what you said right there is super valid. Here's here's what to me is is the 
How big is the listenership on this? <laughs> like okay. like forty thousand an episode. Okay, no. <laughs> good. So the 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 even further backstory, and this is stuff that is, um, you know, in the journalism world, you can only you can only report the stuff that's confirmed fact. Well, you're only to supposed be, yeah, to. We, we, that was, Let's say this. It's kind of old school of you. Coulter. <laughs> no, no, not me. I'm not a journalist. Coulter, that's his, that's his deal. Yeah. That's one of the things that really makes him really, really good. Um, but in getting that, you get a whole bunch of other stuff that you know is true. Sure. But that isn't reportable. Yes. Yeah. Um, the reason Bobby Houck's the head coach is because of the boosters at the University yeah. of Montana. And... Generally, that has a negative connotation. It doesn't necessarily have to. Sure. Um, but he is very, very well liked by the people who finance the athletic department, basically. Um, and it's unclear. Like, at the end of the day, it is Kent Haslam's signature on the paper and all that kind of stuff. And frankly, his job that's, you know, that goes along with that to yeah. some extent. And so he has to be. Um, what can I say? He, you know, he ha- he's accountable. He, he is accountable, yeah. and it is his say. But as much as a decision that's his say could be somebody else's say, it, it, it that's what that's yeah. What he's this a liaison. Is. ADs are often sort of liaisons. very often, yeah. and that's right. This is not unique to the University of right. Montana no, by totally. any stretch. It's probably less this, true here or than to this a lot higher. Of that's right. But um, I think that that I also think that after Bob Stitt came in, um. People were so disenfranchised with the not just the football of it, but the the energy yeah. of it and the lack of energy of it and the lack of emotion. That then you, from a football standpoint, very often what you do is kind of go to the other side, and and that's part of what this is. The optics of this, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> um, are 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 really bad and I I don't feel like I'm in a great position sure. on that for the reason that I outlined earlier. And so and and so I sit there because of all cuz there were I mean there's like a lot Brandon Fisher who's Jeff, Jeff Fisher's, Fisher's son. son and by, by the way both Jeff and Brandon were at the Grizz Cat game you know in Bozeman the sidelines were both of them they're, they're And they're not, supposed to be like great people, right? Yeah, we I mean I, as far as I know, I yeah. mean I love Jeff Fisher. I don't know why. Jeff, why not knowing why is the best thing about love. I know that's true. If you can explain oh, it, you holy shit! <laughs> that's so true. Wait. Okay. Crying. Yes. When somebody asks you why you love something, when you hand them a list, you're just like, "Well, this is all bullshit." Yeah. None of this is. I mean, it's all true, but it doesn't add up to love. Oh man, that's like really moving. <laughs> philosopher so dude awesome so just love jeff fisher yeah 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 absolutely and 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 brandon like is brandon went to the university of montana played here has unbelievable pedigree as a coach is supposedly a genius like what was was uh evidently accepted to multiple ivy league schools but wanted to play for the grizz no shit and so oh. came here, and you know they live in Montana. I mean that's that's where they're at now. Uh, Jeff Fisher has you know long been a, a you know seasonal citizen around yeah. football and so forth of the state, and they're fishing on the Madison and everything else. So um, you know he's a guy that I was pretty high on as as a possible candidate. And there's there's multiple others. I mean he's by no means wait uh, Brennan you know, or Jeff. 
Brandon. Oh. Well, and Coulter was saying, what about Jeff? And I was like, I don't know. Why would Jeff he is, want? Why would exactly, he it's 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 a very like he's taken a lot of shit over yeah. the last little while because of, you know the the whole eight and eight deal and all that kind of stuff. To pop back up as the head coach at an FCS school would like there's just going to be a level of sort of humiliation that comes with that. Yeah, that that in Missoula we wouldn't appreciate because we're like, what are you talking about? This is an awesome place to be. Yeah. And it is an awesome place to be, but nobody outside of here thinks that, which is why it's an awesome place and to be. Chef Fisher hasn't made $150,000 a year <laughs> yeah. in like 20 years. <laughs> right. Which I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, at some point you're probably just donating your paycheck to charity right. or something. But, uh, but anyway, so, you know, that's a real possibility and you could have gone any number of different directions. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Winning is important at the end of the day. And also, if you think if you think that this is a bad look, and I think that anybody objectively looks at this and should think that, yeah, being a bad look and being, in fact, bad are two different things. Yeah. Yep. And, and only time will tell, but this, is, you know, this has the makings of a pretty good redemption story, too, depending redemption on how it goes. Redemption for who? Well, I think for a lot of... For 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 the for Bobby for one. So it's not a sympathetic redemption story. <laughs> I mean, well, my point being, I don't. The, the University of Montana has put itself in a spot now where the redemption story at the end of the day, when they make it back to glory, I'm going to kind of say, no, no, well, but you guys no, no, like, no. took the worst possible path to get no, there. No, the redemption story not about football. Oh, okay, the redemption story about how. A university in a town that had a major culture, uh, I mean, problems not even strong enough, but just a catastrophe, a disaster of, of sexual predators yeah. and violent offenders for a variety of reasons, most notably publicized through the acts of the football team, yeah. could become again a place where the best things that are being done in the community are being done publicly through the lens of what the football team does. Yeah. And lo and behold, the guy who was held responsible to some extent for that in the past is the guy who's perpetuating a really positive and good yeah. culture in the future. Um, whether that happens is we 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 won't know until yeah. until it happens. That is the like other. PR move that I didn't think of. Is like them going in reverse. Obviously, seems negative, but them hiring him and then it turns out okay. That that could be that will make it seem like the greatest thing that ever happened. It will. But I need to send Coulter a text message. Okay, do it. Rec- it's just in my. People, I'm getting up to get my coat because I left my phone in my coat. Don't worry, we'll cut this out. Don't worry, we'll cut this out.